Before we get started, a brief reminder that any and all opinions and views shared by hosts and guests on this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views of Primal Kitchen or its affiliates or parent company. Grounding is so crucial because again, you go back to nature. We lived in the jungle. We were grounded at all times and we are electric beings. We are just a battery. Anytime we think or have a thought or do something, we produce a positive charge. Not positive as good, just positive as an opposite of negative. And our body is meant to be in homeostasis neutral. And when lightning strikes the ground, it releases trillions of negative ions and charge. And our earth has a negative charge. So when they say, go put your feet in the sand and ground, it's actually bringing you back down into a neutral stance. Hey guys, I'm here with Salim. Hello, we're in your like super vibey house in Venice and I'm so excited to share your story with the Primal Kitchen listeners. How are you? I am so well and I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Thank you so much for reaching out. Oh my God, no, it's great. Welcome, yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. We're here, um, there's like biohacking equipment everywhere. (laughs) Salim is like an ex-crazy nuclear power plant engineer. Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Turned health and wellness entrepreneur, biohacker, and HRV expert. So I want to talk about all those things today, but give the listeners a background. How did you get here from engineer to Sound Tea founder? Yeah. So went to school for engineering. I'm Lebanese. So okay. grew up and in our culture very much like you're either doctor, engineer, or lawyer, right? Um, was always good at math and science. So went to school for electrical and computer engineering, graduated and worked at a nuclear power plant that powered most of New York City. It was called Indian Point. Never really loved, like wasn't passionate about engineering and loved like business. So uh, knew it was a good job and didn't know what my passion was at the time. So started working there, saving up money. It's actually where I met my co-founder of Sound, Tommy, because he was an engineer there as well. Okay. Um, And it was during this five and a half year process that I went on my inner wellness journey, I say, which stemmed from uh, my father at a very young age passed away from cancer. I was seven at the time and I never really processed it at that age. Didn't process it in middle school and high school or in college. And when I graduated college, my grandma got breast cancer. And I was like, what is going on with the world? Like everybody I know is affected by cancer. What is this thing? And so I started doing my own research on it. And I actually stumbled across this Dr. Tullio Simoncelli. Not sure if you've heard of him. No. He's cured thousands of cancer patients with baking soda, sodium bicarbonate, which is a natural alkalizer because cancer, he believes, I believe, cannot thrive in an alkaline oxygen rich environment. Like we're all born with cancer in our cells. It's when we eat processed crappy food and we become acidic, right? That cancer then thrives. And I was just so perplexed. It was the first time like I realized that we see what people want us to see and not actually what could be out there. And so it just took my engineering analytical mind on this deep rabbit hole in health and wellness, which led me to so many other things, hydrogen peroxide, like all these like woo-woo things. And I mean, baking soda now is such an integral part of my life. Um, I've only showered with baking soda for the past 10 years. Okay, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? Literally in my shower, there's a cup of baking soda. Okay. it is, it's the most exfoliating, most clean. Okay, so you mean you've only showered with it, like you use that instead of shower gel. Or shampoo or all or the chemicals, shampoo. because okay. our largest organ is our skin. Yeah, I'm with you. We yeah. absorb like 60% of what goes on our skin. Totally, yeah. totally. It's all I wash my clothes with, baking soda. No laundry detergent. No laundry just baking, detergent. Baking, baking Like soda. essential oils. Sometimes I threw in essential oils and stuff if you want, but truly just baking soda. Um, my teeth, people say, how are your teeth so white? Baking soda and hydrogen peroxide. So white. For years, I'd make my own toothpaste with baking soda and hydrogen peroxide. So I just went down this very deep rabbit hole, which also included diet. And it was really at first elimination diets. Like I went vegan, did it for two weeks, wasn't happy, but I felt good. Then vegetarian, same thing, landed on pescatarian for like four and a half years. Yeah. And then it was maybe now nine years ago, I stumbled across ketosis before like our CPG industry right. ruined it. Yeah, I say yeah. ruined it, right? Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Um, and I fell in love with the energy and clarity from cutting out sugar in my body transitioning to burning fat um, for energy. And so totally cut out sugar, especially from beverages and would only drink water and unsweetened tea. And this is where my co-founder, Tommy, comes in. We drink unsweetened tea together at work. He loved bubbles and came up with this brilliant idea to brew the mate that we used to drink. He bought a soda stream, cooled the tea, put it in the soda stream, brought it in for me to try. And it was like, oh, love at first sip. I hadn't had bubbles in so long. I was, again, moonlighting on the side, doing like um, real estate, trying to find what I could like leave the engineering job and go all in. And when he presented this, this was like it. it 
blended my passion for health and wellness with something I thought was cool. And so we started moonlighting on the side and within like six months had a product and ended up quitting and going on this nine year insane journey of getting in the beverage space. So fascinating. I know a lot of founders in the food space. I don't know any who came from like a nuclear power plant. It's like such an interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, an engineer really is just a problem solver, right? Yeah. A problem thinker. And we think like we we had a problem, like we were frustrated with the lack of transparency in the beverage space yeah. specifically. Beverage is gnarly. It's horrible. And I mean, yeah. you know about it all about in sauce space too. And yeah, okay. but beverage is like next level. Oh my God. And I mean, really the largest pandemic in our country is diabetes, right? Yeah. And the number one consumption of sugar is in beverages. People yeah. just have no idea. And I like to think of now, like what I, I don't say I'm keto anymore, one, because of our, you know, industry, but two, because it's not really about like, I think a diet, it's, you know, I look at everything as evolution, right? Evolution happens over like hundreds of thousands of years and our bodies still think we're living in the jungle. Like it's not caught up to this industrial agricultural yeah. revolution. And so we're used to processing real whole food. We're used to getting sugar when it's with fiber in real food. We never would put like high dose, like 36 grams of pure sugar in a liquid beverage. That's like poison for our bodies. They're not used to processing it. Yeah. They will in a couple hundred thousand years, but until then you're going to see diabetes, Alzheimer's, cancer, part, all these diseases, which all of a sudden started when the industrial agriculture revolution happened because it's our bodies trying to evolve and like accept these foreign things that it's not used to. Um, and so that's really the, the foundation of sound and it's sound as an adjective, sound body, sound mind, sound ingredients, sound mission to really try bringing transparency and education into the beverage space. Um, and so we only use single source, organic tea, herb, and botanical extracts and an extract, as you know, very clean compared to a flavor and even an organic flavor has ambiguity behind it yep. um, in our industry. And there's so much things you could umbrella around it. Yeah. So tell me about like, what does sound look like today? Yeah. Today sound, um, you know, we were, as I mentioned in this like transition period, um, but we're, we're in over 2000 retailers, you know, Whole Foods all in the Northeast and, um, and hoping to partner with a company called Next and Natural to really allow us to go to the next level because the funding has just been a very big challenge, uh, especially in the beverage space, especially with the recent financial climate. Yeah. Um, for you and everyone else, yeah, yeah. it's a tough time to be yeah. out in the world raising money. Oof. Yeah. 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 And there's really only one reason companies go out of business. They yeah. run out of money. That's really it. If yeah. you have money to keep funding, you can run your business forever. Yeah. Interesting. So, and but, the, but what do the, what does the product line look like now? There is uh there's six SKUs now in cans. So we were in bottles, but uh transition just because the economy price at the end of the day is still king. So in BPA and I, cans, right? So the cleanest cans you can get. Um, and so there's uh, three caffeinated flavors, a blood orange, black tea vanilla, a tangerine lemongrass green tea, both 45 milligrams of caffeine. And then there's a lemon lime thyme white tea, which is actually Kelly Levesque's flavor. Yeah. Um, almost like a seven up feel nostalgia. And it's uh, it's like a decaf, five milligrams of caffeine. And then we have a grapefruit lavender ginger tea, which you're enjoying. Yeah. It's delicious. A uh, blueberry cinnamon and hibiscus tea. And then last year we launched my favorite, a rose lime cardamom and hibiscus, which is very Middle Eastern inspired yeah. um, and, and very nostalgic. It was a drink my grandma would always used to used to make. Yeah, oh, I love that cardamom is like so amazing. It's like my favorite spice and herb, and no one knows about it's it. It's a magic like. one. Yeah, my grandma was like Norwegian, and she'd make these things at Christmas called krumkagas, and it was like came with a special waffle thing. It was basically like a cardamom pancake rolled into a cone and then it like hardened. I don't know. Anyway, it became a What was it called? A cream? Krum kaga? Krum. Yeah, I don't, I'm I sure that's it. not like the right pronunciation, no, but that's no, no. what we always make them at Christmas and cardamom is like all you really taste. And it's so good. So, so good. Yeah. yeah. Especially when mixed with the right things. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So now you've become like a little bit of an expert, I would say, in this hurry variability thing. So break it down for me. <laughs> Yeah. Um, How'd you I, get into that? Humbled by, by you went from baking soda to heart rate variability. Yeah, I, heart rate. Um, so I guess you know my my wellness journey. The first five years of sound when I like you know was in deep keto and like really living in New York City and the typical type A entrepreneur hustle, like New York person, like go, 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 looking to optimize as much as possible. And that's when Ben Greenfield, Dave Asprey, the, the biohacking like started yeah. happening, and 
I tend, you know, my mom says I don't have in, in, in the middle gear. Like if I'm doing something. I'm the same. Yeah. yeah totally. You're all in. All in. Like yeah. very much to the extreme all in. And okay. so went to the extreme all in in biohacking. So what, you're like walking around New York barefoot or what's going oh, on? Oh, yeah. Okay. Walking around New York barefoot okay. with like an Apollo, what looked like a jail Apollo bracelet. Oh, yep. I, I love David. Yeah, 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 yeah. So cool. Would walk around with that. Would show off I was sleeping five hours a day because I was hacking during the day with my power naps, right? Run 10 miles every day, like literally never shutting this off yeah, because yeah. I was go, okay. go, go optimizing. You right? really took this biohacking thing to the unproductive level. Well, in, within five years, then my body burnt out, okay. right? And that forced me on my inward journey because I couldn't run anymore. I blew out my knee. I just was totally stressed, sound, fundraising, everything. And so um, I was forced actually like that my gateway into that was Bikram yoga because I needed something to get my sweat and endorphin release and um, being in a hot room for 90 minutes did that. And it was the first time ever like it forced my mind to shut the up. Yeah. Like which was very. And when that happened, then I started a, a, a series of books really helped me, especially Dr. Joe Dispenza's Becoming Supernatural. Yeah. Totally. It like broke down. Uh, physiologically, what is like happening, what chakras are, what your third eye, your penile gland is, and like what happens when you meditate kundalini. And for an engineering mind, like it allowed me to grasp what I was trying to do. And, and it was in that book that he talked about HRV. And it was the first time I saw HRV. I had an O-ring at that point. Yeah. When it first yeah. came out. Are you wearing yours still? No. Yeah, yeah, that's yours. Okay. Yeah. Um, And when I realized what HRV was measuring, like my whole perspective shifted. So HRV, heart rate variability, it's measuring the variance between each of your heartbeats, which indicates how your heart is managing its perceived changing environment, right? And there's so many different ways you could define it. It's a measure of your relationship to stress. It's a measure of the health of your autonomic nervous system, which is the most important system that we know so little about as it governs 90% of our voluntary and involuntary, you know, movements. It's a measure of the agility to go from a sympathetic, like fight or flight, adrenaline, cortisol state to a parasympathetic, relaxed, digest, meditative state, right? And at the end of the day, I believe we all age, die, get disease on a cellular level from stress. Because if you're stressed and in a parasympathetic state, you're causing constriction of oxygen to your cells, right? So it's it's not healthy. It's what ends up leading to all these diseases. And if HRV is measuring your relationship to stress, then it's probably the most important thing to look at. Yet nobody was talking about it. There was really no literature on it. And I realized you can measure it in your O-ring. So my like extreme mind went from like biohacking all these things to like, what are the levers I can pull to improve this? Because this is yeah. the only thing I care about. So for the past four years, all my biohacking, all my like time has been dedicated to like, how can I improve mine? And one of my favorite things about HRV is there's no range, like heart rate, you want to be between 40 and 60, okay. right? There's no range for HRV because one, you can't compare yours to anyone else's. It fluctuates 40 to 60 times per minute, right? It's going to change because yeah. it's measuring the variance between those beats and anything and everything you do affects it. Not just what you eat or how you exercise, but what you see, what you listen to, who you're with environmentally where you are like because again it's a measure of how your heart is managing its perceived matrix right okay. we need to believe on a quantum level we live in the matrix and everything is energy right yeah um and so so many dif different factors play into it and when i got when i first like became aware of it i was at like about a 35 hrv and now my baseline is between like 140 and 180 That's like crazy. you know which people think is crazy but it's really it's a matter of building the resilience and malleability of your heart so that its baseline can be higher. And so it's not important to like compare mine to yours. It's important to know what yours is at. And then see if it's going up or down. And see what you do to affect it. And like with my clients, because now I've been coaching like, you know, high performers, people like I used to be and am still that like have a tough time getting out of here into HRV optimization. And it's it's so important. I'm trying to also shift the narrative on stress. Stress is not a bad thing. First off, it's perceived, right? Because again, we live in the matrix. Right. And how you increase your HRV is actually put yourself in a perceived stressful situation, turn on your agency, breathe through it, get in a parasympathetic state and let your heart know, oh, it's okay. And now you've increased that malleability of your heart, which is why like cold plunge, so good for increasing HRV because you get in Adrenaline, cortisol starts shooting. Oh my God, it's cold, it's cold. And then you spend the minute and you breathe through it. 
And now your heart and your nervous system is like, no, no, it's okay. So the next time it won't spike as much, right? And so I put myself in arguably one of the most challenging stressful situations running a beverage company yeah. right? and everything that happens with that. And so I would consciously during the days like dip into a parasympathetic state. Like people say, what are the biggest levers you can pull for increasing your HRV? Number one, you got to look at sleep because when you're sleeping, you're in your deepest parasympathetic state. You sympathetic, parasympathetic, you familiar with? I am, but fill the folks in. Fill the, yeah. Okay. Sympathetic is synonymous with like the fight or flight adrenaline cortisol state, which I love talking about bringing back to evolution. At the end of the day, evolution is always happening for us. Nature doesn't make mistakes. And we developed this sympathetic fight or flight state when we were living in jungles and needed to run from a saber toothed tiger, right? And so it gives you a burst of adrenaline cortisol for a half hour, an hour, maybe two hours, and that's it then you're supposed to drop back into a parasympathetic state, which is synonymous with, there's there's three different levels. There's delta, theta, and alpha. Delta is the sleep, 0.5 to four right. hertz. Theta is the deep between conscious and unconscious meditative state, four to eight hertz. Alpha is what athletes say is a flow state, right? You're awake conscious, but monkey mind is off and focused on like one thing, right? If you're dancing, if you're surfing, if you're watching TV, you're in like an alpha state and that's between eight and 12 hertz. And so our bodies are meant to fluctuate between sympathetic and parasympathetic, but really stay in parasympathetic more than sympathetic, right? Fast forward to today, we wake up from our deep parasympathetic delta state, we look at our phones, we're immediately this mind-made stress of work, of relationships, of everything, and we don't dip into a parasympathetic state until maybe dinner when you grab a drink or nighttime when you sleep. So you're 8, 10, 12, 14 hours in a beta high stressful state, not giving your body a chance to yeah. breathe, right? And so it is crucial, that's why I say the afternoon nap, to give your body in the middle of the day an opportunity to dip in a parasympathetic state, to fluctuate, right? And that's one of the first things I look to implement with clients is and nap. friends. Is a nap or, so interesting. or a, a meditation or a breath work or something. Mm -hmm. And for me, how I could do it, like I could wake up now, I could sit at my altar, I could meditate in the morning before like my monkey mind kicks in. In the early afternoon, evening, after you know calls and everything dealing with sound, I can't sit on here, but this is where the biohacking comes in because there are technologies. One of my favorite, it's called Nucom, and it uses binaural beats, which has been around for a long yeah. time. Um, however, you know, most of them, our brain is so sophisticated, it like gets used to the track. This is the only patented technology guaranteed to get your body in a parasympathetic state. Is this just like it? What is it's it? It's an app. It's an app. It's an you app. just listen to it? So you listen to these binaural beats. They okay. have different 20, 30 minute tracks, and it basically entraps and forces your brain into a parasympathetic state. And what's it state. called? Nucom. N-U-C-A-L-M. I have a little discount code too. It's hands down for me been my, like people say, what's the biggest thing that helped my HRV? It was doing Nucom with other things because I stack it in the early afternoon, which forced me in the middle of my high stressful day to get in a parasympathetic state. And my friends call it like the Salim experience and it's a PMF mat, Nucom, hydrogen inhalation. It's a stack of like four things in 20 minutes that just- Okay, you gotta slow down. What are these four things you're stacking here? That was way too fast. Okay, the first one is Nucom. Okay, yeah, we've got right. that. And that is like the foundation. What's your code? Just tell us now. Um, SN10OFF. SN10OFF, okay. Yeah, um, and, uh, and that gets you in that parasympathetic state. And anything you do when you're in a parasympathetic state only gets enhanced because when you're in the state, your breath, they say, is the breath of the universe, like one breath every six seconds. So you're delivering more oxygen to your cells. So if you stack that with PMF therapy, pulsed electromagnetic field, right? And I have a higher dose mat. The whole is this just in one of those mats you lay on? The bio, okay. Like the biomats, yeah. Okay. Pulsed electromagnetic field, that is really, I like to think of it as like acupuncture with electricity. It's just okay. promoting increase velocity and viscosity in your blood, right? And if you're in a parasympathetic state and you're increasing blood flow, now you're increasing healing for your body even more. Okay. Because at the end of the day, our bodies are so miraculous, they could heal themselves if properly maintained, right? Yeah. The other thing is the 7% hydrogen. In yeah, what is this? I don't know if you guys can see it, whoever's watching, but tell us about this thing. So uh, hydrogen is, some argue, more important than oxygen for us. It's the first element on the periodic table, the most basic foundation for everything, right? 
there are three different ways you can get hydrogen to your body. The first, which you mentioned, is molecular hydrogen, drinking hydrogen. So good for anti-inflammation. It's my hack for traveling. Anytime I get on a plane, I put a hydrogen tablet. Best thing you well, can do. Well, you do a tablet. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so sick. Where do I get a hydrogen tablet? Vital reactions. Okay. And I have a discount code for that, too, if you want. I have to write this one down, too. But I have like this water filter that's like a hydrogen water filter. What do you think about this? Which it's like add spring aqua. So I'm not sure. Wait, so it filters. It's like adding. It's a filter, and then they're adding hydrogen, hydrogen. to the water that's in great. my sink. Okay, that's great. That's great. I, I don't know that company specifically, but okay. hydrogen water is so so okay, good. Okay, you're into it, especially when traveling. Okay. Um, the second way you can get it is through your skin, the largest organ. So you soak in a hydrogen bath, similar with tablets. So good for anti-inflammation, for recovery, and stuff like that. The third and most challenging way is inhalation, right? Because it's 7% hydrogen and you need a machine to do it. And that is so good for fighting antioxidative stress and free radicals in the lungs, for inflammation of the lungs, for just calming down. Like so, so, so incredible. And if, again, if you do that in a parasympathetic state, it's even more enhanced. Okay, and right? you just inhale. Why do you say it's difficult? Well, because you need to have. You need the machine. You need the machine. But actually, yeah. like breathing it in is not. Oh difficult. no no no! no, no. Okay. You don't just you just feel like you're just breathing. You you're just okay. breathing. You could barely even feel it. Okay. But it's just to get the machine. They have a smaller machine. This is the clinical one. They do have a smaller one, which is great and not as difficult. But you can't like carry that around, obviously, yeah. and stuff like that. That's why I say it's difficult. Hydrogen water, you could carry around. Yes, I see. Okay. Anytime. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. That's the stack. That's the stack. Yeah. Well, I'm also on a grounded pillow. So we talked okay. about grounding and the importance of grounding. Yeah. I'm grounded like I'd say 95% of the day, whether it's the earth runners that I showed you I wear or I sleep on a grounding mat. I have a grounding pillow. My desk has a grounding mat under it. And um, grounding is so crucial because, again, you go back to nature and we lived in the jungle. We were grounded at all times. And we are electric beings. We are just a battery. Right. And anytime we think or have a thought or do something, we produce a positive charge. Not positive as good, just positive as an opposite of negative. And our body is meant to be in homeostasis neutral. And when lightning strikes the ground, it releases trillions of negative ions and charge. And our earth has a negative charge, right? So when they say, go put your feet in the sand and ground, it's actually bringing you back down into a neutral stance. And so our house, we, we built these houses that aren't connected to the ground, but every electric outlet has two prongs, and that third one is a ground. And all that is is a stake plugged into the ground to close the loop of a circuit. And so this company called Earthing literally has all these different mats that just plug in to that ground that give you as if you were walking outside that negative charge, which is so, so, so important. So um, that's another stack. And then I do have a um, an infrared blanket that I just cover up with. Uh, cool. Okay, so your HRV was at like 30. Yeah. So uh, just for everyone listening, I've been wearing the Aura Ring for like six months. I just stopped nursing. my. Th I've had three babies in five and a half years. I've been pregnant or breastfeeding straight for five and a half years. I actually had three babies within three and a half years, like my oldest and the baby are only three and a half years apart. But I um, started tracking my, I started wearing the aura ring maybe in like April or something. I'm still nursing then. I'm up multiple times a night. And it was like, my heart rate variability was like pretty consistently like 19, 20, 21, 22. And then I actually stopped nursing and it went up to like 30. So now I'm like averaging around 30. There was maybe also some like stress things I just like mentally let go of through like a positive conversation that coincided with the bump up. So I'm not sure if it was like the mental like deload of just some like carrying around like what I should do in the future and then just kind of letting that go that maybe I was like thinking maybe that helped but I don't know I don't know if it was that a thousand percent yeah I don't know it's interesting helped. I like really noticed like it hasn't budged like it's pretty consistently like 19 to 22 every night for like six months so I notice when it goes up to like 30 35 but I also one day had like a massive nap like a three-hour nap or something and then that night my heart rate variability was like 35 it was that was a big step for me but I haven't really gotten past this like 35 mark so did Apollo Neuro help you with your heart rate variability Apollo is what definitely a, a beautiful hack because again um it's a HRV is measuring how your heart's perceiving this reality and we yeah. perceive it through our five senses, one of them being vibration, touch, right? And so the beauty of Apollo Nero is that it's literally using vibration to help modulate your mood and calm your nervous system down. And for people listening, Apollo Nero is like a wearable. There's a very smart man who is working Dr. on David. this product. Yeah, yeah he's great. I've had him on the podcast. You guys can go back and find that one. But 
Yeah, it's a wearable that people are using on their kids, themselves. You can only have to wear it for like 10 minutes a day, even if you want. And the it's supposed to help. The more you help. do it, the better. Okay. And and I love it. I love it for sleeping. Yeah, too. sleep. Like it really helps with the sleep. The problem is, though, if you have a partner who doesn't have it, then it's kind of vibrating the bed and you just. You know, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. Oh, wear it when you actually sleep in the on mode. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, which is a cool one. Yeah. Um, God, there's so many comments I could make about having a partner who's vibrating the bed. But anyway, I'm going to move on from that. So you, so these binaural, binaural, binaural beats, yeah. binaural beats, like you just listen to it, what, 20 minutes a day or do you, what, it depends. So if I have time, I'd, I'd go more, um, binaural beats is the phenomena of taking two different frequencies, putting it in your, each ear and our brain gets confused and it chases the delta, right? Do you have to do this when you're like laying down and meditating or can you just like wear it when you're working? Nope, can't wear it when you're, well, you can if you want to get into like a flow state one, okay. but if you want to get into the theta parasympathetic, you have to deep, lay down. And you want to lay down, blindfolded, listen to it and just totally. So you could just do this instead of, like it's kind of like a meditation replacement so or. It's a hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's different than meditating, but for me, and especially when I first started doing it, it was my meditation because I couldn't meditate. Like yeah. I couldn't, when I was in New York, shut this off. I tried headspace, everything, and I couldn't. And the first time I got connected to Newcom and I did it, after about 15, 20 minutes, because my monkey mind was so strong. And one of the reasons why they have a patent is, Binaural beats normally it just like takes you to a frequency and keeps you there. They spend the first 13 minutes slowly taking your brain from its beta state through alpha into theta. And after like 13 to 15 minutes, you can't think. It's so difficult to think a linear thought anymore because it, it works. It gets Oh, there. interesting. And so when I did it, I was in this state where my mind was actually quiet for the first time. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, this is what yeah. they're talking about. This is amazing. And, and yeah, it just totally. And so it's my hack for especially people who are entrepreneurs or in a high fast paced life because it is very difficult to meditate in the afternoon to go and do that and it's why like biohacking now i i have uh like i was very guilty of this i feel like people don't properly integrate with biohacking people go to biohack for energy like i i did to just dump back into the matrix and to do 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 and and really, we wouldn't need hyperbaric, newcom, any of these things if we lived in the jungle. But we're, we're choosing to live these active lives and these cities with these things, which is great. Like we have the power to make that choice. And biohacking has the ability to help bring us back into homeostasis, right? Like newcom, it's an incredible technology to bring you back into that homeostasis. So I think biohacking can help bridge the gap back because I, there's like, I've now been on the extreme of biohacking and spirituality, right? And I feel like they're at ends or people think like there's one or the other. And why I love HRV so much is I think it's the bridge between the two, right? Because it's very challenging. Like some of my clients, you can't, you couldn't go to me six years ago and say you should meditate or you should do breathwork, right? You couldn't, but you could go to me. And if you said HRV is the number one metric for longevity and health, I'm going to help you optimize it. Oh, sign Is it the number up. one? I th you I think it so. is. Because health. again, if we're talking about on a cellular level, what happens? Stress on yeah. a cellular level causes all these, all these things. Issues, yeah. And this is really a measure of your happiness and your perspective with your reality. Yeah. So just looking at it from that standpoint, I think it's the most important. Okay, but I'm like at a 20 or a 30 and you're at like one. I mean, 140, 180 is really high though. Like that's not normal. Listen, the, you can't compare yours to mine. And just so you know. So that, that's the question because I post about my heart rate variability on Instagram and all these girlfriends of mine who are like my age, you know, they're healthy. They're like worried about, you know, chemicals in their home and all these things, right? They're paying attention. And they were like, God, my, my heart rate variability is so low too. I'm like 19, 18, 15, 20. So do we need to be worried about our actual number, which is like so American of us, right? To be like competitive about the actual number. We can't just like, <laughs> we can't be just like a me getting better for me thing. Um, or is it really just how my number changes over time? Great question. And when I first uh, launched my personal brand and put my scores, the amount of DMs that I got that people thought they were dying and like this and that because like- Yeah, I mean, I have a friend who like called her dad who's a heart doctor and she's like, oh my God, am I dying because my heart rate variability is so low. Like, totally. Yeah. The answer to that is absolutely not. And I did publish a, I found a study that um, looked at 2000 healthy male females and their average HRVs, Okay. right? And again, what do you define as healthy? I don't know, but- um, <laughs> for for females, I think um, for males and females between the ages of like 35 and 45, it was 18 to like 40 was the range, right? Okay. So 
again, you don't compare yours to anyone else's, but just know that those ranges are fair. And a lot of my clients are in the teens or in the 20s when they start. And I was 30 when I started, right? I like to think of it another way is it's a language that our body and our heart is communicating with us. And really all you need to do is listen to it. So one, understand your baseline. And if you know your baseline and you go from like a 30 down to a 19, well, you did something to overstress your nervous system, your heart. So maybe give it a recovery day, right? And we talked about how you increase and build that resilience, right? Is becoming aware of the stressful situations that you're in and continuing to shed them. Like when you said that, like you had some realizations around, you know, whatever. Just stress I was carrying around, I didn't even realize. And I like had a conversation. I was like, oh, I can let go of this. Totally. And I noticed. 10 point jump the only time i've ever had a 10 point jump in my heart rate variability yeah yeah so there's so like the nervous system is the most intricate like we know so little about i am like mesmerized by it like i want to figure out so much more about it i have a thesis a theory i believe you know i asked this question like what this is like a kind of a, like a spiritual question but what beats your heart like what is actually beating your heart how would you answer that Oh God, I don't know. I would go like so technical. I think like, oh, my body, I don't know. I'm alive. My heart's beating my heart. I don't even know. Yeah, that's the thing. Crazy. Some people say brains. Are... The thing yeah, that's... your brain's beating your heart. That's yeah. not the case. Definitely no. not the case. No, 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 no. no. Um, the thing that beats your heart, I believe, is the thing that beats my heart and the thing that beats like everyone's heart, right? And some people call it God, source, love, universe. universe. A lot, whatever you want to call it. Depends if you're in like Venice or if you're in New totally. York, right? Okay. Totally, totally. But I believe it's the same thing because it's where we all come from, right? We are all one and we are perceiving this reality. And how that works is whatever this thing is, source, God, comes through our heart and our nervous system and then manifests into everything we see. So the nervous system is the bridge between source, God, love, and this reality. And the nervous system keeps score like it is a full blueprint of everything that's ever happened in our perceived lives and our ancestors lives before us before us right one of my favorite books the body keeps score oh yeah have you read it no but i know the book well oh, i haven't read it but okay. yeah i need to well, huh i will i will give that book to you okay. one of my Thank favorite you. it is such an incredible book and it talks about literally especially in our formative years how like any big trauma little trauma that happens right if there is a traumatic event and we are not given or felt like we have the space to actually like process it or, you know, the means to process it, our nervous system splits and we go into a sympathetic state and this energy or this emotion, which is energy and motion gets stuck in the nervous system somewhere. And until that energy is given just like awareness to be, it stays there. And so we're really just like grownups living in this like adult body, reliving our traumas and patterns that have been formed in our nervous system. And so like you said, when you found or like released whatever this, you know, mental thing was, your nervous system like processed it. It was given space to move and your HRV. And it stayed up. up. That's what's crazy. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's not, very it's interesting. crazy at all. So for me in my journey, it's not just, you know, the biohacking that I've been doing, but the plant medicines and the realization of like how I was thinking I was living my life and all my patterns and habits from my upbringings that's allowed me to continue increasing my HRV, which is why I also think it tying back to like the spirituality biohacking. I think it's a measure of your consciousness of your, of your energetic aura field, because we all were electric beings. We have an aura field around us. And that aura field is a reflection of your internal state and HRV is measuring your internal state. So it's a cool way for people to actually like measure because we love to measure we do. like what your consciousness awareness agency is. And it's not about like your number compared to anyone else's. It's truly like, what's your number? Am I listening to it? Am I doing things to help improve it over time? It will not kill you. I mean, if you have a zero HRV, then yes, you will be dead. But I mean, after my surgery, eight. My HRV was eight. Really? Eight, eight, ten. And it took about three weeks before I got it to break this three digits again. And now I'm like between 90 and one time. Because, I mean, I had a nerve blocker, anesthesia. They totally cut me. My nervous system took a toll. Yeah. Right? And so that's what's going to happen. And I go back to like one example I love giving like, you know, old older women in Italy that live to be like 100 plus. Yeah. But they smoke cigarettes and drink coffee every right. day. How come? Truly, and this is where I think why HRV is the most important metric, they are happy. They don't think, like, they truly don't believe that that cigarette that there's they There's no, like, guilt smoke, associated with it. They're, they're like, I'm do, doing this and I don't even want to hear again, about it. 
We know physiologically cigarettes are bad, but cigarettes are, we, it's a label. Everything on a quantum level is energy. And so they are so happy with the life that they live, it trumps the quote unquote mental label of a bad cigarette, yeah. or coffee or whatever it is. And their HRV, I'm sure, even though HRV does decrease with age, has been great. You know, interesting. Yeah, I this is kind of a tangent and then I want to get more on the spirituality thing. But like my I read this book, Whole Brain Child. It's great if you have kids. It's about like just it's a fabulous book about parenting more or less. But it talks about when kids have like trauma as a parent, you like want to just like make your kid feel better. But like the best thing you can do if they're like even it's it's little things like we had a enough our alarm went off in our house like where well, the first day we were there and my like at the time he was maybe three was like so warped out about the alarm going off like if he sees like the light flashing on the whatever hydrogen on the fire alarm yep. he'll be like oh god is that alarm gonna go off again it was like really traumatizing for him but they say anything like that that's like little instead of like brushing over it or we think like oh don't bring it up don't talk about it you actually need to like bring it up a lot and be like oh remember when the alarm went off and it was really scary and now and now it's fine. And you like, it, it, that helps like process all of these like little mini traumas they're having. That was like a big, I don't know. That was a good massive. parenting tick, that's tip. That's We do that with them all the time. Mirror and let and ask them, how do you feel? You feel, that's okay to feel sad. Yeah, yeah totally. Feel sad. And keep bringing feel up, like they were like repetition and talking about the trauma and then how it ended up fine is like the key in like moving through it. And think about it. It's like yeah. I said, like all this energy or trauma or emotion, which is stuck energy in motion needs is just space to be seen and held and know it's okay yeah so that the body doesn't split it into two and can move on so yeah yeah okay so all this energy like i want to know your thoughts on death this is like very loaded but i'm super curious your relationship with death and what you think on that front if you don't mind me asking yeah no sorry this is no like really... no don't apologize at all yeah. um that uh like you afraid of it you're not afraid of it i mean it's it's uh i feel like our society so much um we, we fear it, right? And, totally. And death, I think, is just the next chapter to the new beginning. Like, I believe our souls come into this carnation for a purpose, right? Like, there's another incredible book, Celestine Prophecy. Yes. Have you read that? I haven't read it, but... Okay. Yeah. I'm addicted to romance novels, so I like don't really read any self-help. I used to this, only read self-help books, and now I'm like a dopamine junkie for a happy ending of a romance beautiful. novel. Celestine yeah. Prophecy is a nonfiction book that's like a little adventure. And I actually okay. have a copy that I'm gonna actually give to you. That's okay. the one I'm okay. gonna give to you. Um, but it just it's 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 nonfiction. I believe it real. It's real. It talks about like these insights that cover our energetic world, including like one being. There's no such thing as coincidences, right? They're happening at every moment and yeah. every time if you're open to them. And others that like our souls choose our parents um, to come into this world based on our purpose, and we forget what that purpose is as we learn everything in this reality and the inward journey is just an unlearning of everything that we learn and so i guess to answer your question on death i believe death happens when you know your soul has completed or as much of its karmic you know purpose and then it just goes back into that love source that pool of everything and then comes, comes back, back um if there's more to be uh done depending on the karma but yeah, yeah death is uh I mean, a lot of plant journeys have, you know, helped me experience and go through that and process it and process my father's. And yeah, it's something I feel, you know, if you look at like a Brian Johnson who's trying to escape death, right, um, with like biohacking yeah. and everything. And I think, I, I don't think death is something to be escaped. And I think if we can put that aside and really the magic of death is like allowing you to just live. Like if you have this realization like of, destination happiness like the heaven is is here in this moment at every point in time and hrv is like how much are you living in the moment and how happy are you in your current moment and not trying to escape a future moment or do whatever yeah it's kind of um, like aging like it's futile to be avoiding these inevitable things like cool. Pamela Anderson just showed up with no makeup on to like some big thing and it like broke the internet and she was like interviewed and she was like, look, aging's futile. Like, I'm wearing these beautiful clothes. I didn't, like, set out to make some big statement, but I'm not wearing makeup because 
like, this is me. Like, I'm getting old. Like, what are we all doing? I mean, we're in Southern California, so this is like the birthplace of like, let's oh let's look 25 yeah. forever. Yeah. But it can be, a, I would say, yeah, escaping death and escaping aging. It's very futile pursuits for sure. Yeah. It's interesting. Thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm like so curious about that for you with the spirituality thing. Okay, you talked about your surgery. You did a lot. I want I want to get into like... What you did to prepare and what you did to recover from the surgery. Yeah. Because I feel like it was next level, knowing you. I don't know what it was, but I feel like it was going to be intense. Yeah, we, we could talk about this for a while. There's a long, a long list, and I'm, I'm seven weeks out from what, it. What happened? Why did you need the surgery in the first place? Oh, man. Um, this goes back to, uh, yeah, it all ties to HRV. The body is always speaking to us, right? HRV is a measure of how much are you in your body, are you in your heart, and out of your head, right? And... We at any moment in time, like the vibratory nature and the somatic physical feelings in our body, it's insane. We're just not actually paying attention. And injuries happen when you don't listen, right? And yeah. so for me, I actually, I asked for this injury because on my birthday in June, I very much was like, I want to step into um, less doing and more being, right? And I got gifted an incredible Super 73 bike from the community, electric bike. And I took it for its first spin right here on the Venice boardwalk. Um, and people walked in front. It's a tourist place. I was going very slow. I turned the wheel. There was sand on the concrete. Fell. Not a scratch on my body. Not a scratch on my bike. I just anteriorly dislocated my right shoulder. Okay. So for six hours, I couldn't put my shoulder down. They had to dislocate to relocate it. I thought... And I tried to heal it myself for six weeks with all my modalities. And I was able to heal everything except the massive bone that came off my glenoid, which was the foundation of your shoulder socket. And if you're missing 20% of that, you have no stability. I was missing 30% of it. So I couldn't move my arm a certain way without it dislocating. Okay. Um, and so I had to have what's known as a ladder J surgery, where they cut off a piece of your coracoid process in the scapula and screw it on with two titanium screws to rebuild that glenoid, that shoulder socket. Um, and that happened seven weeks ago. And so what I did to prepare for it, um, first, I mean, man, hyperbaric oxygen therapy chamber, hands down, one of the best things, right? Um, in preparation. Both in prep and then especially recovery. after. Recovery, and, yeah. and after okay. I, I got fortunate, one of my clients has a, has a deep hyperbaric because this is a soft shell hyperbaric. Yeah. So it only goes to 1.3 atmospheric. Deep goes to 2.0, so it's like three times as deep. And like, I mean, people go in there with open wounds and you see it like closing, like so, so incredible. Um, I should have been doing that after my C-section. I did nothing. Abs I was oh, man. And see, that's the thing. I feel like nobody knows. Like everyone thinks, oh, go take the antibiotics like or whatever pain meds. And like there's Just wait. Yeah, so much. You could, so much easier. So much easier. So yeah. much, you could support your body's natural healing process, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so hyperbaric oxygen. Hyperbaric oxygen. Um, man. Pulsed electromagnetic fields, but like high intensity, not the bed. There's this um, pulse PMF machine, which is like insane amount of cellular voltage. And we are electric beings, right? And our mitochondria, ATP production, like if there's an illness or an injury, it's just low energy cell. Like the cells just need electricity. And so this machine essentially feeds it electricity, which is so massive for the healing process, which I do daily. Did it before leading up to it and after. Okay. Um, something that people don't do on a nutrition side of things, right? Like I totally cut out sugar. I got my body in a deep ketosis state leading up to the surgery. I did a hydrocolonic before the surgery to totally clean the system to give, because like food, sometimes I think of it as noise. Like our body needs to process and break it down, especially if it's bad food, it needs to process and break it down more. And when you're going into a surgery and for healing, like you want all energy, attention and focus of your body to be on like repairing the thing. And so if you could clear out your colon and your system and any toxins that are in there, crucial. So I did one before. And then even more importantly, I did one three days after because anesthesia, yeah, straight poison. And this was in my hydrocolonic uh, lady who's just like the most motherly energy. Like it was the most intense. She's like poison was coming out of me for like an hour oh, after the anesthesia. Really? Like just insane. Yeah. And all that stuff stays you in were you. were under like oh, I was, general anesthesia. Oh, yeah. yeah. They had a tube in me. This was this was no. And they had to put a nerve blocker. It was it was pretty rough. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Two titanium screws like this big in okay. me. People don't realize that this this anesthesia, this poison is, is in you, that your body is fighting while it's also trying to heal whatever it's healing. So like that was massive, massive to like get that out. Yeah. And then body work, 
is so, so crucial that I've been doing like weekly, even more acupuncture, which is just really promoting the chi in your own body flow, cupping, fascial tissue, moving all those things I do like consistently, um, hydrogen inhalation, uh, proper hydration, so, so, so crucial. Um, there's this machine uh, that I just, I did a video on. It's called this, the, it's called the electroequoscope. Okay. Okay. There's, there's so this is we we could go on for you're for a into while. the machines. Yeah, I'm, a I'm, I'm like looking around your house. There's like an air doctor over there. You've got this hydrogen machine. There's like some bed you can sleep in over there. Got the cold plunge on the roof. I mean, this the is a and the sauna. Yeah. What else is going on? Have you heard of the nano? No. That's up there. It's yeah. It, um, imprints in humidified water and electromagnetic frequency okay. that helps repair DNA and okay. protein. Yeah. Oh. All fun things. I've seen all those water things. Yeah. yeah. Okay, anyway, carry yeah. on. So the electroequoscope, it was actually the machine that was in Inception, right? Okay. That suitcase machine. And it uses um, the same, almost the same premise, premise as PMF therapy. PMF therapy is just, it's all output. Like it's just feeding you voltage, right? And it's not measuring anything. This machine was created by the guy who invented guided missiles, that the U.S. went and got, I think, from Croatia, brought here. He invented the guided missile okay. system and then decided to invent something for the good of humanity and invented this machine. And so what it does is it measures between two points the resistance, the electrical resistance in your body. And again, we're electric beings and we're meant to have full flow. Like when we come out of the womb and we're a baby, there is zero resistance. Resistance built when all the trauma comes in the nervous system because we're electric and then it's not able to move. So it measures the actual resistance and then it feeds it the precise microamp current, like a guided missile, okay. into that cell to turn it back on at every frequency from delta all the way up to gamma, right? And I mean, Michael Jordan used to sleep with it around his head in delta, like professional athletes use it. It's an insane machine. And I've become friends with one of the guys here that does it. And he'd come and treat me all the time and hands so down. So you can just, they can just show up with like this suitcase it's machine? It's a suitcase machine. Yeah. And they come in. Or you okay. can buy it and it probably costs like. $42,000. Okay. Yeah. Got it. $42,000 for a machine. find someone who can do a session with you. You find, yeah. Which I have if anybody interested in wants. He's, he's incredible. So that, that was a massive thing uh, leading up to the surgery because I needed a certain amount of mobility before they operated on me to not have a suck shoulder. And now post-surgery, he's actually coming over tomorrow and we'll be doing cool. some treatments on me a bit too. I love it. Yeah. Then there's, there's, there's so, so much more, but yeah, there, there's a lot. Okay. A lot. Got it. I guess the last thing, hot, cold, so important. And the hack that I did, because when you have an open incision, you can't get in a cold plunge or a sauna, right? For like yeah. at least like two weeks. And so I hacked doing hot cold internally by, they have this machine called the Game Ready that you could rent usually after surgery. And it's just like a compression and circulates cold. Oh water yeah, okay. It, which is great. And then the other thing, which I have in that room is a machine called the Avixen, if you've heard of it. You are, I've never met someone who uses so many machines. I'm like, I, I, my I, mind is blown they, right now. There's a lot, there's a lot. Okay. People usually leave here with a list. Well, like some yeah. people are into supplements, you're into equipment. I'm into- You're an engineer. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. you know what's funny about all the things? Like, and I tell my client, like, what's the necklace? What are you pointing at this? I mean, it's, it's tri vortex. It has 60 different, um, it has a powder version of 60 different minerals, fungus, um, okay. and the sacred geometry resonate the frequency and, and give it to me. And like, oh, there, everything first off is placebo, right? Cause again, we live <laughs> in the matrix. I love it. Okay. I truly believe that. And, it's a matter of what we actually, our minds believe. And because I have such an engineering analytical mind, like I believe all these things work. I researched them, I believe them. And because I believe them, they work. They work. Just like the old lady in Italy believes that the cigarette is good for her and she's happy and she's 120. Like yeah. it works. Like truly it all comes down to that. So okay. I want to preface it that like I wouldn't need any of these like gadgets if I lived in the jungle and didn't like want. And actually my highest HRV ever was a one month period that I was traveling in Mexico and did not have a single gadget or anything. I was doing new calm and that's about it. But I was traveling, I was living, I was in the present moment. Yeah. I wasn't working and I had the highest HRV ever. Like, so I just, well, how high it was, the average of it was like 180, like every day consistently. Like when I say my baseline's 180, I'll be 90, I'll be 100, I'll be 120, I'll be 200. It'll like fluctuate, you know, but like it was the most consistently high when I was traveling and I did not do anything right Crazy. so that just shows yes all these things like help in the matrix that i'm choosing to live as an entrepreneur and in this high past life it brings me back to a homeostasis okay. like yeah so the avixin 
heats you up internally. Um, you have the second most blood circulating through the palm of your hands, right? The first most blood is your feet. You have the most neurons, everything in your feet. Second most is in your hands. And so you put your hand in this device, which I'll go grab for you so you can see it later, and it creates a little vacuum and it has a pressure point in the middle with this hot plate and it just heats up okay. your blood. And by heating up your blood, you're increasing the viscosity of it and it goes to back to your heart and then it recirculates throughout your body and gets you in a parasympathetic state. That's so so cool. I would alternate after surgery between the Avixin for a half hour and this cold thing back and Got forth, okay. which took away, like I wasn't even swelled up two days after surgery. Like it literally took away everything and helped that hot cold. Because hot cold is one of the most basic, simple biohacks. God bless you. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so cool. I love it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what's your diet like and what's your supplement regimen like? Yeah. My diet. Like what's a day in the life? Yeah. I, I, I only have a few like rapid fire questions left for you. Totally. Um, I, again, go back to evolution and my diet, I say, is I eat real whole food, like as much as possible when I can, especially ingredients if I'm buying like in, in a store in Erewhon, like I look at just my Primal Kitchen, been the biggest fan forever, like need real whole ingredients, right? And for me, and I don't think there's one diet fits all, right? And there's so much epigenetics where you come from, everything that like play into like what works for you. So you really need to listen to your body and HRV is a great way to listen to see like how it affects you. And so for years now, I'm a one meal a day guy, okay. right? I was at first intermittent fasting, but then I just went to one meal a day and it works so well for my body. One, always gets me in a ketosis state. Two, it allows me to intake a good satiating meal with like healthy carbs, healthy everything when I do it. And it just, for me, it works so, so well. And what's the one meal? It's usually between like 4 and 6 p.m. or 4 and, yeah. Like, About what do you eat? Oh, I mean, berries, oh, everything. Yeah, yeah, whole real food. Eggs, love eggs. Yeah. Love lamb, love meat, love protein. Avocados, like the hell. It's more fat. Like I, my body in general, like tends to crave better on healthy okay. healthy fats yeah cool. for sure and then the carbs that i have will be like you know sweet, sweet potatoes and fruits and stuff like that and like for me just rice and and bread just don't i, I bloat very yeah. much you know but there are people and cultures who have lived off that and it works great for them yeah. so there's not you know one shoe fits all by any stretch and people always ask like well how do you only do one meal a day like aren't you hungry and our culture has made us believe we need to eat three yeah, meals I mean, a day. Breakfast had to be something invented by the cereal companies, right? Uh, I mean, there's just no way. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then supplements. Are you taking any supplements? Yeah. So really, for the longest time, the only supplement I would I would take is magnesium because yeah. we're all so deficient in magnesium. Um, and I love the bio-optimizers. They have like, you know, their magnesium breakthrough. It's like seven forms of magnesium. Okay. But then I also, I make my own magnesium at home. The, the most absorbable form of magnesium um, based on this podcast and some research I did is magnesium uh, bicarbonate, okay. which is the process of taking magnesium hydroxide and carbonating it. So I have a soda stream and I'll put magnesium a teaspoon of magnesium or half a teaspoon of magnesium hydroxide, put it in the soda stream, and then you get magnesium bicarbonate, which is uh, which is very absorbable for the body. So magnesium was really the only supplement that I would take, except now that you know this happened, I'm on a crazy supplement, yeah. natural herbal supplement to just support with all this because I only did pain med twice for the first 24 yeah. hours. Um, so it's, it's, it's a little different now with some of the stuff I take, but... Yeah, I've never, I've not been a big supplement person because, again, I go back to evolution and I yeah. try getting it from whole food as much as possible. Super cool. Yeah. I love magnesium. I've been taking magnesium forever. It's so important. It's, we are, it's I mean, it's sleep. Everything. I, I mean, everything. It's 50% of our cell wall is compromised. It's required yeah. for like everything and we're so deficient in it because water, when we used to drink or anything we used to drink, would have it in it naturally. And now we filter yeah. everything and yeah. Fascinating. Okay, who are your like favorite people these days? Like, who's inspiring you in the world? Hmm, who's inspiring me in the world? Man, great question. Um, where does my mind go to that? I mean, my first answer to that is always my mom. Similar to you, she had three of us in three years. Yeah, crazy, and then was a widow with three children uh, oh at gosh. age twenty-eight. Oh. And, um, and yeah, so she's always been, I'd say my biggest inspiration and just like the beacon of unconditional love. I yeah. love that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, what is the worst thing you've ever done for your health? Hmm. 
<laughs> there's a long list there. Uh, I was not always like this. I used to, I mean, in high school, three times a week, eat Taco Bell. Um, loved McDonald's. Like, like I was cheesy just, gordita crunch. Oh, my cheesy gordita crunch, crunch wrap supreme, and chicken quesadilla. Those three, three times a week. Not like so a whole lot of um, you know the typical junk. American diet, yeah. junk food, insane, and then the, the sodas and everything. Yeah, just okay. Yeah, there's a big part yeah. of my life that I'm still detoxing out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I never did like the fast food thing, but I was addicted to like broccoli cheddar soup from Panera and like a huge bread bowl. Oh, Panera. I mean, oh my Panera. God, the bread bowls were so the bread bowls were so good. good. Yeah, they were so good. Like, I never had a Taco Bell phase, but good. Lucky good you. That you've, Lucky you know you've I had a lot of phases. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. The plant medicine you mentioned, let's just like touch on that real quick. What have you done? What do you like? What do you recommend? Yeah, I've done. I you've mean, done it all. I've, I've, I've done. You've been near, to Peru. You've done I've ayahuasca done, with the shaman. I've been to Peru. Uh, yeah. Um, that's where I did my first ayahuasca ceremony down there, and I followed it up with a seven day vipassana. Okay. Which silent retreat. Silent retreat. Okay. Which, I think, with any like plant medicines are so powerful, but it's all intention and integration are the two most important things. You know, what's your intention going in? And then it's to do it is one thing, like how are you bringing it back into your world? So integration is so crucial. And I find most people don't integrate after. And so you go and you're in the cosmos, but you don't you bring anything. Experience and it's kind of like, okay. Totally. Life is and so for me and my first experience to go and sit with that for seven days in silence was like, it, it was like, the foundation of my inward journey and right when I was finding out about HRV and all the things. So, um, and since I've sat, you know, four more times with ayahuasca in this beautiful, um, temple in upstate New York. And it's, that's been one of the most, I'd say, um, transformative, uh, medicines for me. It's, uh, you get what you, what you need, not necessarily what you want. And I, I like to say like, grandmother is like the biggest like mirror to really just like look at these stuck patterns that like you're replaying in this story that you've created around your life and um and to really like process it um but then i mean psilocybin is so i mean i, I i'm a pretty consistent microdoser especially during you That's know the a supplement peak. oh Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Kind of. It is. It is a supplement. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so what you're using every day? Uh, there, I go through different, uh, you know, I'd say um, fads. There, there was one point, like a, a good like year period where it was, you know, two days on, one day off of psilocybin. Actually, also, you know, microdosing LSD, too. I'd sometimes like swap the two. Both have very like incredible effects. And again, microdosing. So, so, yeah, so you're daily. You're not like. You're not like fucked up. No, 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 no visual anything. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's all sub-perceptual, but like incredible just for like, you know, psilocybin is so good for increasing your HRV uh, because it gets you out, it slows down the default mode network and gets you out of your mind and in your body, right? And, and psilocybin, anything that gets you more in your body promotes your HRV, right? Got it. But I've also got, done hero's journeys, you know, where, you know, we've done sound ceremonies where it's, um, a combination actually of MDMA, macrodose, and psilocybin. So the MDMA is a heart opener, um, which takes away any potential bad journey you could go with psilocybin. And then you take a big dose of psilocybin. And then you have a shaman who's like doing sound bowls and like all these instruments and guiding you because cool. that's like ayahuasca. When you drink ayahuasca, like the real magic is the ikaros, the songs that they're singing because everything is frequency sound. And so when they're singing these songs, it's really looking at like the stuck energy in your body and trying to clear it and so those sound ceremonies are profound um ketamine ketamine is one of my favorites for body work so anytime usually that i do like acupuncture or cupping or stuff like that it is so profound and again it's all about dosing huberman and tim ferris have two incredible co podcasts on ketamine that break down like what it's doing how it's affecting like the, the neuro and they're for it oh they're I feel like if Huberman's for anything or against anything right now, everyone everybody's is just like, for I'm in. Oh, I hate Ozempic. Huberman hates Ozempic. It causes muscle wasting. I'm like, oh my god, it's like comical. Totally. I don't know if he actually says he's. He he just he lays out the facts okay. like he does the studies and the benefits of it. And obviously there some are the some of the risks yeah. of it, right? And there are people who take it too far and you know get addicted. But like yeah. with the right dosing, proven in terms of what it could do for mental health, for like PTSD, for stuff like that. Yeah. Un big. 
unbelievable, truly transformative. So for me, I use it in two settings. One, body work, because again, like- So like you perform a massage or something? What'd yeah. You do? Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. And I, and I let the, the person know, and usually like some of my body workers, like they work with the medicine too, because it's decreasing the sensitivity of your neurons, right? I mean, it's, it's a horse tranquilizer. So you essentially could go so much deeper, right? And um, like, so my one body worker, she could cup my IT band, which is one of the most painful things, and then move the cups on it, while I'm on the, so like truly allow yeah. the body to like do what it needs to do and rewire. And then the other thing um, is like solo journeys to just like integrate if it's been like a very stressful day, you know, um, and for like trigger work, like somatic trigger work that I even do sometimes with my clients um, because it just, ketamine, one way to think of it is like if our brain, you think of like a pattern as a sled that's going down a hill. And if there's a track that's there, right, the sled is just gonna keep going in that same track. Ketamine is like sprinkling snow, fresh powder snow, just a little bit. So it kind of like slightly neuroplastic could just pull you out to just realize you've been stuck in this pattern and maybe like think of it in a different lens. Um, and so for trigger work and, and somatic work, which is such a big part of my personal journey that I've done with my coach and I see a somatic therapist and I also with my clients implement somatic trigger work. Um, it really helps expedite that process. So do you, you're a therapist, like psychotherapist? I'm a psychotherapist? No, no, you're talking about your therapist. I have a somatic therapist Got that somatic I see. Um, you familiar with somatic? Not really. Okay. So it's really just somatic therapy, somatic meditation. It's um, the physical sensation that's happening in the body, right? The somatic sensation. And if you were to map out your body, anytime there's an internal dialogue or there's an external thing happening in the world, like beneath that, there is always an emotion. And that emotion is directly connected to a physical somatic sensation in the body, in okay. the nervous system, right? And so any internal dialogue, external conflict is just trying to understand or describe this physical sensation in the body. But usually we're so much in here, we're not actually feeling yeah. it. So if you were, whenever there was an internal dialogue to get out of your mind, drop into your body, close your eyes, do what's the physical sensation? Don't label it. Don't say, oh, this, this is, is like internal family systems, like IFS. Similar to IFS, which okay. I've done, which is incredible. And I've had yeah. him on, the guy who founded, like who started IFS, Dick Schwartz. He is one of my like friends from college's dad. And he was on Rich Roll. And I was like, wait, Sarah, what is going on? Like, I need to have your dad on. So it reminded me a little bit of IFS. But anyway. Yes, very, very similar that there's different parts. And yeah. Stuff. And so if you can, when you're having this internal conflict or external conflict, get out of your mind, don't label, go into your body to the physical somatic sensation. Like, it's not that this yeah, is uncomfortable. This is like where I feel it. There's a heat and I feel a vibration that's moving from my lower left abdomen to here. And just be with that and sit with it. In time, the intensity will dissipate or it will shift, there will move. And then what will happen is this internal conflict or external dialogue will also unravel, right? And if you can do that enough times, then the next time this conflict arises, you won't be as triggered. Because again, it all winds back to the nervous system and what we were talking about with trauma. Like Whatever this thing is that's stuck here that we're replaying in different patterns is truly just a physical, sensory, somatic feeling that just needs to be seen and needs to feel safe like it can be. And so such a crucial part. Do you do like ketamine therapy with your somatic therapist or no? Like there's a lot of people who are doing ketamine therapy now. They're like with sitting IFS down. With IFS too and stuff, yeah. Yeah, with IFS, they're sitting down. Like Nick Bruce, you know him? The dear friend. Oh, that's who, oh okay. so yeah. Dick. Dick was like, you got to go see Nick if you're in LA. I like, could not, he trained under. Oh, he's under one of my he's a, he's a dear, dear friend of okay. mine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible and so good at that and like leading this is the. So funny because I've been like, maybe I want to see him, and now I go, totally go. Oh see my him. god, this is the universe. See, no coincidences. No coincidences yeah. at all. And yeah, I like have him as one of. I save like there's always like 90 tabs open on my computer, you know, and he's like up. His that? website's up there. Like I should reach out to him. Absolutely, so, yeah. I could okay. directly connect you to him too if you want. Yeah, Dick was like. I trained him. If you're going to see someone in LA, like go see oh, Nick. Hands down. Okay. Totally. Cool. Yeah. And I mean, how do you know him? Community. Okay. Community. Yeah. Because he's big in the plant medicine and like he's clinical in, studies and. And he lives here. Okay. He yeah, lives yeah. here and yeah. In Venice? Um, somewhere in LA. Or Topanga or okay. Santa Monica. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. He lives close. He's been here a couple of times. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I got to meet him. Yeah. You absolutely yeah. need to meet him. <laughs> um, but but the, the ketamine is a way to just support and expedite that process, right? Like you don't need ketamine, you don't need any of these things, right? Breath can get you anywhere, but 
ketamine again gets you out of your head a little mm-hmm. bit neuroplastic same thing with psilocybin it's done nothing yep. like me i've done no ayahuasca i like oversaw floripania tea with my ecuadorian friends when i was 25 and which floripania tea experience are just crazy but um no i've done nothing i'm like a total total virgin to plant medicine like where yep. would you start i would start um ketamine or psilocybin with a therapist or by yourself i mean with a therapist, or you could do by yourself. And I mean, I would, uh, a lot of people I can connect you to. Microdosing psilocybin. Microdosing. You know, it would be a great person you should talk to? My best, best, best friend, Ali Shaper. Do you know Ali Shaper? Founder of Supermush? Yes, I don't, but I just started following her because, yeah, I okay. know her. Yeah. I would love to connect. I mean, she is, and she's like, I mean, she was the one that gave me my microdosing like protocol. Okay. She's like the mushroom queen on so okay. many different levels. Yeah, and have her on the podcast. You should so have her on the podcast okay. and um, like just her knowledge and, and just, yeah, she makes you feel very safe. And I think psilocybin is a great start or ketamine or both. I mean, and they also play cool. very well okay. together. This is great. And the thing with microdosing that you need to realize and like not be afraid, like truly, especially with psilocybin, like it's subperceptual. So like you don't feel, it's not like you see things or yeah, anything like, like that. Tripping. Not no. at all. Not at all. All the like housewives in Manhattan beach are doing like, they're all like, they don't drink. They're like just microdosing psilocybin. It's like the new. Totally. And it's drink. so much better for you. Truly. So yeah. much better than drinking. Oh, like yeah. I'm not a big drinker. Yeah. At all, but yeah. 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 Fascinating. I'm so glad we went down this rabbit hole. Okay. I have one last question for you. I ask everyone this. What is something most people don't know about you? Hmm. Something most people don't know about me. Um, I have. I would say a very um, yeah. I've spent a quarter. I've spent a quarter of my life raised in Lebanon. Just after my father passed away, my mm-hmm. mom would take me, my family, um, every summer back there, and so that's been such a a massive part of my um, my upbringing. And to have both cultures and like. Lebanon and where where my mom grew up, it, it's not third world, but there wasn't running power. There, you know, um, hot water stuff like that. So it really shaped like my perspective and my appreciation for like what we take for granted here, um, and has been such like a, a massive impact um, on my life. And so it's it's very much a home to me, um, and, and it's very near and dear and very formative. And people wouldn't realize you've had that. Yeah. 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 Super cool. Yeah. This was awesome. I learned so much. Thank you for spending time with me. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find Sound Tea. Like, give everyone the updates. Yeah. And thank you so much. It's truly yeah. enjoyable. Great. We could, yeah. I feel like we could have kept I coming. Know. I know. This conversation is going to continue. But anyway, yeah. carry on. Drink.sound on Instagram um, and drinksound.com. Um, and you could find us there. And then personally, I, I recently rebranded to Dat HRV Guy, T H A T H R V Guy on Instagram. Um, Love it. Congrats. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.